Chapter Six of Beauty's Hour: A Fantasy by Olivia Shakespeare. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six. I had never received a love letter, and the only scrap of Gerald Harmon's writing that I possessed was a little note which said, "Dear Miss Gower, my mother asks me to write and tell you that she will be back tomorrow." and expects you on thursday as usual yours very truly gerald harmon i sat comparing this letter with the letter he had written to marry hatherley and i do not think i have ever known a more miserable moment i ought to begin by asking you to forgive me the letter ran i am afraid of your thinking me too bold in writing yet you must know that love comes sometimes in a sort of flash that makes one see life quite differently in a moment that is what happened to me the first time i ever saw you since then i have thought of nothing else if you would be kind if you would care what becomes of me i might be able to make a better thing of life i have been very idle and useless always and now i feel ashamed of it i dare not ask you if you could ever care for me not yet you know how i love you and am ever yours gerald harmon i was sitting in my bedroom at the little dressing-table which did duty for a writing-table too i looked again into my own eyes in the glass as i had done on that memorable evening that seemed such a very long while ago we knew one another's bitterness my reflection and i and laughed aloud man's love said i to the face in the glass man's humility man's cry of trample on me and remould me what does it all amount to here am i the same woman with two faces the woman counts for nothing the face determines my life a man can only see inspiration in eyes that are beautiful words can only influence him when the lips that say them have curves and a smile that delight i mary gower could love him could help him as far as my soul and will go but he cannot see this a man sees only with the outer never with the inner eye perhaps we are unjust i went on again presently there are no doubt men to whom the outside of a woman is not the whole but they must have learnt discernment either through some special suffering or they are perhaps lacking in sensuous instincts and care but little for women at all either from the intellectual or the emotional side gerald is not one of these he is like other men his point of view may be fairly taken as representing a normal one and he loves mary hatherley come in i went on in answer to a knock at the door there's going to be no transformation to-night weighty i'm tired of masquerading i am very tired of life i was born too serious i can't live in the passing hour and enjoy it i think of yesterday and of to-morrow 
why can't i fling all care to the winds and make merry with the other mary's beautiful face and all it brings me miss waitley put her hands on my shoulder and i turned to her and wept i did not answer gerald's letter nor did i see him till a few days later when he strolled into lady harmon's study in his usual careless way i'm out of sorts mary said he let me sit here while you talk to me i like the sound of your voice i knew why he liked the sound of my voice and it hardened me against him why out of sorts said i haven't you eaten drunk and been merry what more does a man want i've eaten less drunk considerably more and not been in the least merry he answered just now i wish that i might die to-morrow or even to-day i looked at him with a sudden pity mixed with my anger that pity which is at once the root and the flower of love you are unhappy really i asked knowing that mary haverley had not answered his letter i'm miserable he cried out then he began walking up and down the room and i felt with a quickening of fear and interest that he was going to speak to me of her i yielded then to a strange impulse which was almost like jealousy of myself what has bella sturgis been doing said i he stopped dead bella she seems to have drifted a thousand miles away she belongs to the old life from which i am cut off there's a gulf opened between me and it she is on the other side i don't understand then said i oh mary gerald cried i'm hit very hard this time haven't you heard of mary haverley tell me about her i said there was a great fire in the room and i sat close to it but my hands were like ice gerald leant against the mantelpiece and looked down on me he was full of that intoxicating spirit of youth and enthusiasm which carries such an irresistible appeal to those whose own youth is clouded and who cannot rise above a resigned cheerfulness even now when he declared himself to be miserable there was an ardour in his discouragement which made it almost a desirable emotion mary haverley he began reminds me in some strange way of you she says things so like what you say and the very voice is like but she's very lovely i interposed and you've fallen seriously in love at last he did not resent my remark seriously at last he answered with a smile why have you never fallen in love with me i asked then he began to laugh with genuine amusement <laughs> you're an amusing person said he i shall if you're not careful well but why not i persisted it's true that i am only your mother's secretary but you say i'm like miss haverley in my ideas and way of talking is it the face that makes the difference i know you are following up something infernally abstruse said he that has no relation to the facts of life 
that's so like you i dare say the face does make a difference it makes a difference in the whole personality i wanted to find out the facts said i and you have given me a fairly direct answer which can serve as a premise from which i shall draw my conclusions and your conclusions are that justice is an ironical goddess whose eyes are never really bandaged your vein is too deep for me to-day i wanted to tell you all my troubles and you talk to me as though i were a professor i didn't mean to be unkind said i if you are really serious i'm sorry sorry why sorry he asked quickly it's such an old story you fall in love with a girl's beautiful face it's not the first time you've done it you endow her with all sorts of qualities you make her into an idol and the whole thing only means that your aesthetic sense is gratified that's a poor way of loving it's a very real way said gerald with some warmth i think you are horribly unsympathetic i am in earnest i answered a very short while ago you were quite taken up with bella sturgis you don't care the least for her feelings you simply follow your impulses and desert her for a more attractive woman i do not know what made me espouse bella's cause perhaps i was hurt more than i had time to realize and seized on the first weapon to my hand you don't spare my feelings gerald said in a low voice all i can say is that if mary Havenley won't have anything to do with me i shall go away i shall go and shoot big game anything to get out of this horrible place i am in earnest i wasn't in earnest about bella i admired her very much and all that and mother is always urging me to marry i should probably have drifted into marrying her he broke off i felt an unreasoning anger against him poor bella i cried you may drift into marrying her yet that finished our conversation he went away without another word leaving me alone with my anger and my heartache end of chapter six